to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm back from the holiday vacation, and I'm going to be joined today by none other than Jeff Garcia of News for San Antonio. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing good. Uh, recovering not only from New Year's Eve, but also from Kawhi Mageddon, as our good friend Chris <laughs> Dules called it, uh, for the epic clash between the Spurs and their former forward. Um, it was a great game, and I know you'll be wanting to talk about everything that happened in the AT&T Center. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the most anticipated games of the season. It was the game to be at. If you had tickets to this game, I'm sure you were in attendance, and you booed Kawhi because you earned the right as a Spurs fan to do so. But some things happened at the game. You know, one yeah. of those things that happened in particular that I'd like to talk to you about is we both saw sure. this video. Uh, surface mm -hmm. early this morning and it shows a Spurs fan getting into it with Kawhi Leonard's mom now right. I don't know what was said we don't know what was said really we just know that she was getting mad at this Spurs fan that kind of looked like he was heckling her kind of going at her we don't know maybe mm -hmm. she said something he said something about Kawhi inappropriately but regardless you shouldn't really go after a player's mom the player is up for grabs you know you want to boo him you want to do what you want and you know, you earned the right as a fan to do what you want to because you paid your ticket. But why go after the mm -hmm. family? That's my thing, you know? So what, what did you think? Well, look, I, I you know, I was at the AT&T Center, and I did not witness that firsthand. Uh, so, um, yeah, if that's true, and if it was heckling, and, it was, and if it did get to the point, even though the video does show it, um, yeah, I think that was probably the only non-classy thing the Spurs... Uh, did the Spurs fans did towards Leonard and his uh, family? Look, you're right. Uh, family is off limits. Uh, this was the personal between Spurs fans and Kawhi Leonard, at least in their minds. And keep it at that. And for the most part, Spurs fans did an excellent job of uh, of sure letting him know how they feel, but also never crossing the line. Uh, from press row, I didn't hear. Any Spurs fan uh, throw f bombs. I didn't hear any Spurs fans cuss. As far as signage, the worst sign I saw was simply a, a cutout picture of his face with a snake next to it. That was the worst. There was the occasional Kawhi quitter jerseys, but I didn't see anything vulgar. I didn't see anything distasteful. Uh, this video that you are talking about, uh, which likely, obviously, it's a video there. I don't know if it was confirmed that that was indeed his mother, but if it was, that was crossing the line. And I would say that was just one bad apple, but it should not spoil the whole bunch because all in all, Spurs fans let Kawhi have it, but they kept it really classy despite what NBA players and ex-NBA players think otherwise. Yeah, I, I thought they did a tasteful job. You know, there was no vulgarity that you could hear, you know, when we were watching right. it on a nationally televised game. Um, and not only that, but one of the f the fans did make a sign that we saw in the studio because I was covering the game with Chris Duell over at the iHeartRadio stu studio for mm -hmm. WOAI 1200 AM. And one of the fans held up a, a sign and it said, there is no Kawhi in team. And we thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, so that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> we got to give him props for that one. That was probably one of the best signs that we saw out there. But we saw a lot of creativity, creativity, should I say. With the fans in their jerseys, putting tape, duct tape, making it into a Coyote yeah. jersey or an Aldridge jersey, or being creative, you know, with the X out, you know, on the on the number two, and 
you know, all these things were to be expected. You know, I mean, we have a lot of people in the national media kind of saying, hey, Spurs fans should be classy and, and applaud Kawhi. And I mean, they, the, the fans are soured by the way things ended. Mm-hmm. Not the mm-hmm. what he did for the team, but the way he handled his last season with the Spurs. And that's why he got the backlash that he did. You know, so... yeah. Yeah, you you look at what happened last night at the AT&T Center. There was the uh, combo tribute video that I thought that was a very smart move on the Spurs part to put them two together to kind of dilute the booze. Uh, There was that post-game embrace between him, Pop, and a few other players. But as I spoke about it with you and other uh, people in the media, any type of love affair Spurs that we're going to show, Kawhi is not going to stop San Antonio Spurs fans from letting him know exactly how they feel. And they did. Every time he touched the ball, booze. Every time he went to the free throw, chance of quitter, traitor, uh, Uncle Dennis, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but at the, I got to say, uh, Joe, I was actually bracing for worse. Yeah. I was actually expecting the Spurs fans, the fan base at the arena, to really take it to a level that maybe did push the line, that maybe did push the envelope. Uh, that would justify players or former players like ex-Spurs Steven Jackson and ex-Spurs Brendan Paul to call out uh, Spurs fan base for being uh, not classy. But it didn't get there. I'm actually surprised that fans at the arena are getting this backlash and being labeled as not classy when they were classy as they could be considering the circumstances, Joe. Yeah, I think this is what's happening since the Spurs won this game in convincing fashion you know the media has to spin it somehow they have to create some type of storyline that's going to get clicks that's going to sell you know papers and magazines and and you know get this traffic to come to the websites of course and i think this is the 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 angle that they have to go at you know since there's really not a storyline of you know they can't say oh the raptors beat the spurs because then that was the case when i turned my tv on this morning I would have seen the national media just talking, you know, praises about Kawhi Leonard and what he did. And he came back and he got one over on the Spurs. But that wasn't the case. You know, the Spurs beat the Raptors in convincing fashion. And after the game, you had Kawhi come over. He go went ahead and embraced Popovich. He talked with some of the Spurs uh, coaches as well. And he went and he hugged DeMar DeRozan and, you know, he mm-hmm. kind of, you know, did some rounds. He, he held Patty Mills. So it showed class on both parts, you know, not just the Raptors and, and Kawhi Leonard, but also on the Spurs as well, showing that there's really no no hate there. There's nothing but respect and love. So there was nothing that the media had for fodder. So right. they have to go and turn to the fans to create some type of storylines. And I think that's why they're calling well, out the fans. Well, here's the thing. It's not the media that are calling out the fans. They're former players. Yeah. Former players are calling out the fans. Well, you um, also had Brennan. Chris Weber and you also had Shaq Saints right. and uh, stuff. That is true. You're right. Again, but former players slash media heads now. I yes. guess you're right. Um, so, and I think if you notice a common thread, former players are being more vocal in this situation because they're players. They probably can relate to what Kawhi Leonard is yeah. going through. I'm pretty sure um, Steven Jackson is going to get booed if he ever dares make his <laughs> way to San Antonio. Uh, even uh, non-Spurs players, Isaiah Thomas, I believe, I believe he plays with the Nuggets. I'm not too sure, but I think it's the Nuggets. Um, he caught out Spurs fans. So 
I, I think this is a situation where the Spurs were doomed if they don't and doomed if they do. They're obviously getting doomed right now because, uh, or damned, that is, I'm sorry. They're damned if they do, damned if they don't. Um, they had to let him have it. It was coming. Everybody sort of saw this coming, and it came. And I cannot stress this enough. It wasn't as bad as it maybe sounded on your TV. Yeah. It maybe wasn't as bad as it sounded on the radio. And the arena, was it loud? Yes. Were cheers going left and right for Danny Green? Yes. For the Spurs simply just kicking the Raptors' butt? Yes. But when Kawhi touched the ball, it was just the normal, every one of the middle day boo, but at a high level. It was There was no chance of F this guy. There was no chance of... Um, you know, uh, maybe the P word or the B word thrown at him. Nothing. Yeah. It was just boo. That's all it was. And loud. So then that LeBron James got when he made his way back to Cleveland for the first time after leaving for Miami. The same thing Tracy, uh, I'm sorry, Vince Carter got, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't understand why this is being magnified thinking the Spurs or Spurs fans were not classy when they were. This is the same fan base that even though felt betrayed by Avery Johnson when he left the Spurs uh, to be the Dallas Mavericks head coach, they still booed him. And the Spurs fans weren't called not classy. It's just part of the game. Every team is going to have that one player that makes their way back to another team and they're going to get booed. Ask LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, and that I, I kind of felt the same way. But, you know, not to take anything away from what happened between Kawhi and the fans, you had... DeMar DeRozan playing at a high level. You know, I thought he was going to go off for maybe 50 or 40 points, but he did something mm -hmm. unexpected. He actually got the rest of the Spurs players involved. You know, he had a yeah. he had a triple-double. You know, he had 21 yeah. points. I believe he had 14 rebounds and 11 assists. He even had two steals, mm -hmm. you know? So I was right. like, wow, he was he was really getting everyone involved and doing what he needed to do to, to really get this win. And you know, yeah. we talked a little bit about this in uh, a, a previous podcast for the Locked on Spurs podcast. And we said, you know, the Spurs are going to need some signature wins to really, mm -hmm. you know, have everybody look at them and say, you know what? This team is playing at a high level and they're back. And a lot yeah. of Spurs fans say, well, the Spurs never left. Well, let's let's be honest. They weren't playing the best basketball to start the season. They've kind of turned the corner a little bit to where they're now they're putting their hat and hanging it on defense first and when you do that the Spurs system works when you don't play defense we've seen what happens you get blown out by 30 points but now that they have won against one of the better teams in the league against the Toronto Raptors in convincing mm -hmm. fashion would you classify this as a signature win oh yeah definitely I, I think it is um you know maybe it's diluted just a smidge simply because Kyle Lowry wasn't playing and it, it was very apparent that they missed him. They being the Raptors on that floor, they really didn't have anybody to direct the team and guide the team. Uh, but all in all, I think this was a signature win. Look, the Spurs beat to, beat Toronto in the first quarter. It was yeah. game over. It was 30 plus points the Spurs put on the Toronto Raptors uh, to the Raptors 19 points in the opening uh, frame. So the game was won before it even began, in my opinion. Uh, there was nothing really you can take away as far as a bad stat from the team's performance versus the Raptors. They shot the ball well from the field. They shot the ball well from the free throw line. They shot the ball well 
from the three-point line, for the most part, until it got a little sloppy towards the end, they took care of the ball, very minimal turnovers. You had Jakob Pertl, uh, he may not have been scoring, but he was grabbing rebounds, offensive rebounds. You had Patty Mills scoring 12 points. You had Bryn Forbes throwing up 20-plus points. From the role players to the starters to DeMar's triple-double uh, to LaMarcus Aldridge having a big night, everybody played well. That was Spurs basketball that everybody saw at the arena and on TV last night versus Toronto. Now, the question is, can they sustain, sustain that type of play? So far, they have. They've beaten Boston. They've beaten now Toronto. Uh, if there's a trap game that ever smells like a trap game is the upcoming game versus Memphis in San Antonio. But if they can pull that win out, which they should, this team has to be a force to be reckoned with in the Western Conference and a team that no upper crust team like the Rockets or the Warriors, the Thunder, would dare want to face in the opening round. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. Um, it looks like right now the Spurs are playing at a really high level. And if they can mm-hmm. sustain this on the road, that's the thing, Jeff. They've been playing great here at the AT&T Center. But when they get on the road, there's just something about being on the road that this team kind of doesn't play at such yeah. a high level. I'm thinking at this juncture that they will be able to correct this and they're going to bring it, whether they play at home or on the road. I'm hopeful and I'm wishing for the best, and I hope that they can get some really good road wins away from the AT&T Center. But one of the things I wanted to point out is the energy level at the AT&T Center. Can you imagine if the fans had sustained that level of energy for every mm-hmm. single game, what this, may, what this would mean to the team? I think the team would play even harder, and they would even have more wins if the fans would get up for every single game the way they got up for this Kawhi Leonard game. I mean, you saw how they were. I mean, it was it was amazing. Yeah, that was the loudest I have heard the AT&T Center in a long time. The last time I heard it at that kind of peak was when I covered the 2014 uh, NBA championship uh, in the AT&T Center. Um, yeah, back when Kawhi was still a spur. So that has been the loudest I ever heard it in quite some time. So it was good to see the Spurs fans back in action and cheering on their team. But look, it, it, it was a very um, highly anticipated game. Uh, Spurs fans were clamoring to get into the doors. They were looking for tickets. Ticket prices were out of control. Uh, so it, I would have been shocked if they weren't as loud. But I'm glad they pulled through. They were supporting San Antonio. And I got to tell you this much. From my point of view, sitting on press row, you can definitely tell the, the the team was feeding off that fan energy. You had Brendan Forbes pumping his fist in the air. He had Demar, uh, sorry, Lamarcus Aldridge uh, being demonstrative. Obviously, Demar Derozan was engaged. Every player was locked on. They say the fan is a six man on the court. Well, they did their job versus Toronto last night. Well, how was it? I wanted to ask you because you were, you know, and after the game, you were in the in the media area where they were interviewing mm-hmm. players after the game both in the home and in the visitor's locker room. What was the mood mm-hmm. like over there, not only in the Spurs locker room, but over in the Raptors' uh, visiting locker room? Yeah, well, you know, the Raptors, uh, subdued, obviously. Uh, head coach Nick Nurse uh, put it on himself for not preparing his team for uh, an electric a- atmosphere, which I found it very shocking. How do you not prepare a Raptors squad knowing that it is versus San Antonio, You know, the team that just made a deal 
in the off season uh, to exchange uh, two franchise uh, players for each squad. So I was a little shocked about that. Kawhi Leonard, uh, he did speak, but it was in typical Kawhi Leonard fashion. I don't know because he was in San Antonio and he has to live up to that um, reputation of being quiet, but he wasn't as vocal as he is maybe outside of San Antonio and other post game interviews for the Raptors. Uh, he blamed the media for stirring everything up between him and the Spurs. Um, you know, he did obviously say that, you know, the loss was tough to take. He did say that the fan reception only made him is going to make him better. Uh, so he welcomed it. So, um, you know, it was very short. The Spurs locker room, happy, obviously. You had Popovich, who was kind of still being a little surly. I don't understand why. Very short, quick answered with the media. Uh, he was asked, oh, oh, thoughts about the game. He just simply said, we won. That was it. Um, Derek White spoke briefly. He kept on just saying um, that with the time he's gotten on the court, that he's thankful for that because he believes that's what's been making him better, obviously. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, uh, one thing he highlighted is, again, he said it hasn't, hit, it hasn't hit him yet as far as facing his former squad. He said it's only until he goes to Toronto. Uh, then he'll feel the emotions of it. But, you know, he loved the game. He was, he joked that he, with his triple-double, he's now on pace to break Russell Westbrook's triple-double record. <laughs> so that ain't going to happen. Uh, so all in all, the, the mood in the locker room outside of maybe Pop uh, was very uh, light. Uh, everybody was happy. And, uh, yeah, uh, Rudy Gay uh, joked again, uh, saying that he's aware that the Memphis game is up next. And he's saying, I hope it won't be a trap game. He was actually urging media to talk about it more to reverse the jinx. So he's saying, yeah, talk about it more. So it does not not happen. So, uh, But all in all, good mood in the locker room for Spurs, bad mood for the locker room in Toronto's end of the uh, AT&T Center. Yeah, it's kind of what I figured. You know, and it's hard when you come back home and play for the first time. You know, and we yeah. saw Kawhi come back to San Antonio didn't end the way he kind of envisioned. There's a lot of emotions, you know, when you have your first trip back for any player. I'm sure that the second game will be a lot different, you know, because this mm -hmm. time it's going to be, I think the pressure will be on the Spurs because everybody's going to be focused on DeMar DeRozan and his return to Toronto, you know. So mm -hmm. I, I'm believing that this next game will not be a blowout. It's going to be probably a lot closer and, We'll just have to see what happens. If, if Spurs can play smart and they can play tough enough to get a win over in Toronto because Toronto plays very well at home, you know? So this would be another signature road win for the Spurs if they're able to capitalize and, and get this much-needed win against Toronto on the road. But, you know, we got to look at what's next, as you stated, and that's going to be the Grizzlies coming up on Saturday. So that's going to be interesting for the Spurs. I want to, I want them to be able to sustain this energy and just build upon it, especially since we're getting really close, Jeff, to the all-star break, which is typically the halfway point of the season. You know, at this juncture, we said, we're going to reconvene and look at the Spurs at the all-star break. And, and the consensus is, I think between me and you is that the Spurs are right about where they need to be right now. And once that all-star star break does hit, what do you think mm -hmm. their record will be? Do you think they're still going to stay around seven, fifth seed, or do you think they're going to move up a little bit more? I think they'll uh, continue to climb up the ladder. I don't see them obviously breaking the number one or number two seed. Uh, they've been, you know, kind of down on the record 
uh, to start the season. Uh, they are aware of it. Uh, the Spurs that is uh, saying one, um, you know, every win still counts. Uh, this is just another win. So, uh, you know, I, I get that, you know, one win, in a, one game at a time. Here's the thing though. Would not be surprised though, if they kind of get up to six or five, that I think would be a huge accomplishment for this team. Why I'm holding back from breaking top four is because that road record, yeah. we know they don't play well away. We know the rodeo road trips coming up and they got uh, teams on that slate that could pose, uh, could pose some trouble. Boston, just to name one in Boston, Philadelphia in Philadelphia. So uh, we'll see how they stand after the all-star break. Joe, you you're aware of this. I've always said since beginning of the season, when they were well below 500, uh, until recently, I said, let's wait to the how they are at the All-Star break. I'm still sticking by that. So far, it's panning out true. Um, when Spurs fans were hitting the panic button, uh, Joe and, and, you know, and you were telling me at that time, like, no, it's over. The season's done. I was saying, no, let's wait. Let's wait it out. Let's wait it out. We still need to wait it out until the All-Star break. Then and only then will we get an idea of what this Spurs team is made of. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. In that regard, let's see what happens at the All-Star break, reconvene. But, you know, before we end this podcast, I think this season, more than others, this rodeo road trip is either going to mm -hmm. make or break the season for the Spurs. And the only reason I say that is because of how highly contested the Western Conference is. You have teams from one all the way down to about 10th, 10th from one all the way down to the 10th seat, even the 11th, these, these teams are separated by three, four games at the most, you know, and then from going from where the Spurs are at from number seven to number one, it's about the same amount of games, two, three games. You can move up just depending on who loses and who wins on any given night. So yeah. to me, the Spurs are going to have to have a really good rodeo road trip to be able to contest for a, a highly coveted playoff position, you know, moving forward somewhere and maybe the seventh, sixth seed. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. I've never seen the Western Conference this stacked before. I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you think that this rodeo road trip will either be the make or break for the Spurs moving forward? I, I think it, it could be uh, because if they have if they have a subpar a performance and below five hundred record away from San Antonio, that's gonna not bode well because they'll likely if they do make the playoffs they'll likely have to start on the road as a five through eight uh seed so you know look um they they came up close though short versus houston in houston um you, you know they they picked up a couple road wins here and there uh they i believe um they they got you know one more home cooking which is memphis and then they go back on the road so we'll see yeah i i think that I wouldn't call it a make or break. I would call it more like a gauge uh, because even though if they come out 500, let's just say 500 on the, on the uh, road road trip, that still presents them a chance to still climb up that ladder in the, when the West postseason race, um, it's still too early. I still want to wait to see how they look following the road road trip right after the all-star break. Uh, then, you know, when the, in my opinion, when the regular season really starts, a lot of people think it's December. I think it's after the All-Star break. Then we'll see what this team is made of. Okay, well. They still got to go to Toronto. Yeah. They still got to play the Warriors. They still got Houston on their slate. They still got the Thunder. They still got Denver. You know, they still got some heavy teams. They still, 
you know, so we'll see how this shakes out, Joe. Yeah, we'll just have to see what happens. But, you know, these are yeah. our thoughts. We want to hear what you guys have to say. What were your thoughts? What were your feelings about last night's highly contested game? And, you know, the Spurs were able to get this much sought-after win against the Raptors. And and let us know what you're thinking about the upcoming, you know, rodeo road trip. What do you guys think? Is this going to be like the make or break, like I said? Or you kind of, you know, on the fence like like Jeff, if they can come out with a, you know, road record of 500 on the rodeo road trip, they're yeah. still going to be in good shape. So thank mm-hmm. you for your time, Jeff. It's always a pleasure to have you on as a guest on Two Shots Podcast. But where can the folks engage with you and see all the great content that you do? Yeah.